Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, Vanessa. Day one of the second test, Australia v. the West Indies gets underway this afternoon. Our coverage, 2 o'clock for our New South Wales listeners, 1 o'clock for those in Queensland. Adam White, part of the team, and he's on the line. G'day, Adam. G'day, Matt. Good to talk to you, mate. Um, quick check. COVID this morning, have you heard anyone? Has, have you bumped into any Australian cricketers? Because if you have, you better get tested. It seems to be rampant. I know. It's really interesting, isn't it? I think they initially thought that it was just going to be Travis Head. Yeah. Um, and they thought they dodged a bullet. Then, uh, obviously, it emerged later yesterday that uh, not only Andrew McDonald had it, and I think Andrew's had it for a couple of days and was trying to be a bit quiet about it, but uh, the Cameron Green one was a bit of a setback. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, later this afternoon as to whether any more have got it. So the process for Cam Green is they'll they'll go through those protocols which have been in place. And it's fair to say, mate, that the, the protocols are so much more lax now, aren't they? I mean, we saw it with Moses last night in the Big Bash final. He tested positive on game day, but still ha- uh, still managed to play. If Cameron Green is still positive by the time they head, head on out there, he'll play, but he'll just be in his own little bubble, essentially, when you think about dressing rooms and dugouts and all that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I was actually going to use the, the Moses Enriquez example as well. And you, you saw it, you were there last night, you saw um, it really didn't feel like it was any different. Mm. Um, so yes, things have, have sort of relaxed a little bit. They will set up um, separate rooms uh, for them to get changed and all those sorts of things to sort of, you know, so they're not indoors together. Um, but generally speaking, even if Cameron Green was to have it, he, he'll play and I don't think that I don't think it's it's going to be a situation where he'll field out in the outfield. I still think he would field in the gully, and things would be pretty much pretty much normal for how we would see it as as cricket fans watching on. Yeah, so that's the that's the COVID update. Let's do the weather update. It's going to be good up there throughout the course of the day. The the forecast is saying mostly sunny, thirty two. But gee, it looks like another green top. Yeah, it does. And I've been on the uh, the weather app sort of every five minutes for the last few days because uh, it doesn't it it look it looked horrendous a few days ago for days three four and five but it does continue to improve so that's good signs but the first two days there shouldn't be too many problems at all and yeah I was really interested in the pitch considering what they served up last year I thought they'd be a lot tamer this time around because I don't think anyone really wants two-day test matches Mm. but it certainly does seem to be still pretty green I haven't had a look at it um, yet, sort of from close range, um, but the feeling is it's going to be a little bit better than what it was last year. But it's still going to be really difficult to bat on, and, and that's the concern 
for the for the test match, considering how hard it was for the West Indies to bat in Adelaide. We've got to remember it was hard for the Australians as well. At one point, they were six of one hundred and forty in their first innings. Mm. But uh, it's more the the concern for me is if the West Indies were to bat first uh, later today, um, it could be awfully difficult for them, particularly once we get to to that uh, night situation in a day-night test match where the ball starts swinging around corners. And considering how well the Australians have been bowling throughout the course of the summer, um, it's going to be awfully difficult for them. Oh, can you imagine that pitch, um, the pink ball, muggy conditions, like you say, later on at night, the, the light's starting to come off, you know, uh, come on rather, and say Mitchell Stark with early ball movement and the, and the whole lot, and then Josh Hazelwood in the kind of form he's in. I think you'd be having nightmares if you're one of the West Indian batsmen at the moment. I'm going to have a chat with the curator up there at the Gabba a little bit later on, so I'll get the, the reasoning behind that. But obviously starting green, given the fact that it's going to be fairly hot over the next couple of days, but there are certainly some some big thunderstorms heading your way. Before I, I get your thoughts on, on how this is going to play out, your reaction to last night, the Brisbane Heat were were just, they were so stuck to the game plan that was such a simple, straightforward game plan. And as you know, mate, anything can happen in T20 cricket, but they played a very, so to speak, straight bat against the Sydney Sixers and kind of suffocated them out of the game. Yeah, they did. And it's, it's an, an amazing story, the Brisbane Heat, because it was sort of only three years ago that they were almost the laughing stock of the competition because of how unpredictable they were. You know, they'd lose from unlosable positions. They'd be violently inconsistent from, from game to game, even within matches. Um, they wanted to entertain all the time rather than actually win. Um, they all wanted to play like Chris Lynn. It was, it was quite ridiculous how they used to play. Now, all of a sudden, they've become the most consistent team in the competition. And they've got a game plan, as you say, that they that they stick to. So while so much of it, particularly in the last couple of matches, have been about Josh Brown and what he's been able to do, I truly believe they've won the tournament because of their bowling. Um, they've been very, very consistent, um, high level with their, with their execution, both with pace and also spin. And as is so often the case, Across most sports, defence tends to win. And in cricket, defence is bowling and fielding. And if you post a score and then you defend really well when you've got ball in hand, um, you apply pressure. And that's exactly what happened to the Sixers last night. The pitch, obviously, you were there. It wasn't mm. great. Mm. But we knew that going in that it wasn't going to be great. And the Sixers, who have got all that experience, they couldn't match it um, with the heat. Now, I will ask you the question, Matt that had Dwarshus taken the catch of Josh Brown early, yes. would have we had a totally different cricket match? My gut feeling is probably yes, yep. um, but catches win matches and drop catches sometimes lose matches. We would have had a much tighter finish. I felt like the Heat just had the edge all night, but what they did and what that catch would have done is broken up the partnership. And the partnership of yeah. Brown and McSweeney was absolutely crucial. And then Renshaw and Bryant together as well. So they built their innings around partnerships and then they strangled the Sixers out of the game by making sure that they didn't get any partnerships, as you rightly point out, with their bowling attack. So that catch would have been absolutely crucial in not only taking out a bloke who's on fire and who posts another half century in Josh Brown, but breaking up the partnership between him and McSweeney. Yeah, that's exactly right. And what, what happens particularly at the SCG is that if you can break partnerships and get new batsmen in and bowl spin to new batsmen, it's really hard to get your game going. Mm. And for, from a Sixers point of view, 
um, their spin of, of Murphy and also O'Keefe, that's, that's high-quality spin. So if you can get them in, particularly in the first 10 overs, bowling to new batsmen at the crease, it makes it really hard to get 160. But what happened, and to credit to particularly Josh uh, Brown, but also to Nathan McSweeney, that they it sort of established a bit of an innings going by the time they got spin going, and um, they were set at the crease. And uh, that's why they got 160 plus, and that's what was always going to be really difficult for them to get it. So, as I said, I'm I'm really pleased for the Heat because of their ability to turn their, I guess, their identity around. And it's been a long time since they've won a title, and there's no one still left from from that title, um, apart from a couple of the coaches. But for me, it's just what they've done in the last couple of years, and even someone like a Max Bryant who, um, you know, he's had his troubles along the way, highly talented, but, you know, would often throw his wicket away. He's now a premiership player. Um, And, you know, that's sort of emblematic, I think, of how they've been able to turn things around. And to think that there was a match there about three or four games ago where they had Kawaja, they had Lavashane, they had Munro, they had Billings, and they all left. And you're thinking, well, the Brisbane Heat have no chance from here without those players. Uh, they proved everybody wrong. In the bang, crash, wallop world of BBL, they won it with predictable consistency, which is a remarkable yep. thing to do. And congratulations to them. The Windies, mate, what have they got to do here to, to get the mindset into a place where they believe that they can push this Australian side that will be cock-a-hoop coming into this one, unchanged, coming into this one that the West Indies are going to have to come in with some sort of point of difference yeah I think look their best chance I believe is to bowl first and try and get Australia out today um, under 200 I think that's their best chance the problem with that Matt is that the way day night cricket is played the hardest time to bat is actually the third session so you might get them out for 200 then all of a sudden you're batting and it's under lights and they're 5 for 50 so that's that's the complexity of day-night cricket. But I, I certainly believe that they've got to try and get into a situation where they can get themselves ahead on the scoreboard um, early in the match and try and create some pressure that way. They bowled really well in Adelaide. As I mentioned before, they did get Australia 6 for 140. And if it wasn't for Travis Head, they would have been dismissed for under 200. So they've got to take some confidence out of that. Those three fast bowlers, Kemar Roach with all the experience, Alzari Joseph with the speed and then the unpredictability of Shamar Joseph, who did so well in his first test match. That's a good three. Kevin Sinclair comes in as the as the spinning option to replace Motti. Now I think Sinclair's more a batsman than he is a you know a high a high end bowler, but I think that bowling group can put a bit of pressure on an Australian lineup that is different with Steve Smith opening the batting and obviously Cameron Green at four. And I think as a general batting group, they haven't had a great summer. I think they've been carried a lot by their bowlers. So I don't think Australia going in in top form. Um, I'm really trying to hope, I guess, that the West Indies are competitive because you want to see a competitive test match. But if I'm Craig Brathwaite and I win the toss, I'm bowling and trying to put a bit of pressure on Australia from the start. Yeah, pressure's the key. The full team assembling. Uh, Socky's heading your way tomorrow, so you might need like one of those Gatorade-sized buckets in the corner full of hydrolite. <laughs> well, I think he's, he, he's meant to be here today. Yeah. Um, well, I know he's coming. I, I'm not. Is he is he commentating today? Is he working today? Uh, well, that's he says he is. I'm... I don't think anyone's totally convinced he's going to be here. Um, but apparently he is. Um, oh. And I was I was watching it 
last night thinking, are we more of a chance of having him here if they lose or if they win? Um, based on celebration mm. factor. But mm. um, I'm not sure. But he says he's going to be here, so we'll just have to wait and see. Well, at the presentation, he still had his pads on because he was last man out. <laughs> so chances are, if he does arrive today, he'll still have his pads on. <laughs> so he won't be hard to find. Good on you, mate. Have a great day. Have a great test. Thanks for the update this morning. No, no problems, Matt, any time. Adam White joining us there. So 2 o'clock this afternoon, our coverage for our Sydney listeners an hour early, of course, on the clock for our Brizzy listeners as well. The second test getting underway, the day-night test at the Gabba. We're back after this with your texts and calls on 1300 01 1170.